This week's episode of X-Ray brought to you by their Clean Enough Used Mattresses in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Your headquarters for affordable Sealy Posturepedic and Serta Beautyrest mattresses that have only been used by the recently deceased and asexual. So you know you're getting a relatively clean, barely used, not fucked on mattress for a quarter of the price of the new one. Mention X-Ray and get your own CSI blue light to check for yourself. That's their Clean Enough Used Mattresses located on 43rd Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. They do not have a website. Okay, let's start the show. This is a stand-up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. Hey everybody, Raylan Casper White here, and you're listening to X-Ray. Raylan Casper White here, everybody. Welcome back. I'm here with Boaz Yachin, or is it Yakin? Well, when you're in America, it's Yakin. Yakin, like Joaquin, but not Latino. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you are an esteemed director. Well, it depends on who you're asking. But okay. When they let me, I am. When a they let you. Okay. And how long have you been directing? <sighs> Probably about 25 years. Oh, so you're older than you look. I am indeed older. Because you look than like you're in your early 40s. Oh, well, that's sweet of you. Yeah, but no, I'm, no, I'm being honest. Okay. I haven't seen early 40s in, in a long, long, long time. Long okay, time. oh, I love yeah. that. So you're vague. You're like, wait, wait, men used to say how I old am, they are. Now men don't even say how I old they are. I am fucking old. Okay. I know, you know, Mark Maron talks about how old he is all the time. I think he's like, I'm 54, 54. But you don't, you don't want to say. I'm 53. Oh, okay, perfect. All right, well, there you go. But you look See, fantastic. You, you, you slid the Mark Maron 54, so I'm younger yeah. than somebody. Yeah, I think I'm Mark, younger than somebody. Than somebody so I felt, out I there. Comfortable, uh, I think men find their prime, unlike women who go through the shitter and, and are, you know, criticized and have to get all this work done that makes them look like they're being constantly anally penetrated. Men can age, and it's like fine wine, right? And they still get the... It's just annoying. You know what, though? I will contradict you on that. Okay, please I do. I mean, I went to my 30th high school reunion some years ago. Okay. I don't remember how old. I think I was 50 or okay. something like that. It wasn't that, that long ago. 49. Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I don't remember how old. Four or five. Maybe sure. it was a little longer, but I was like 49 okay. or, so or something like that. And what I found striking about it was, look, the women didn't look like they did when they were in high school. Well, that would be weird. That would be bizarre. Yeah. But there was a kind of a freshness and an energy and a curiosity to them. Okay. And I thought they looked great. And I thought the men looked, for the most part, for the most part, tired. Where did you go to high school? Worn though? out, right? Um, Pudgy, it just, just balding. It's not, yeah, and it's not just the external side of it. It's the, it's inter- the internal side. They're of in it. miserable marriages and their life, t- midlife tired, crisis, tired right. and wiped out. And the women looked really kind of fresh and excited. Um, and I was, I was a bit surprised about that. Um, Where was this? What, uh, I went this? to high school in Bronx High School of Science. Oh, oh, so you're smart. Well, I mean, I, I barely graduated. Okay, <laughs> It was okay. the wrong place for me was to be. It? Okay, but, but it's New but, York uh, City. It's yeah, the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx. So it's not like you're in, you know, in, in whatever. No, and you had to take a armpit. test to get in there and all that. So. Okay, those standardized tests those, that are so <laughs> accurate on yeah. future success. Um, so you, uh, so besides that you love older women um, and find them fresh and exciting, that's good. But in general, I think men, you know, as we know, I'm not going to start bitching and moaning. You know what I mean? Um, I like getting older. Um, I think uh, my face looks better with age uh, because I have really interesting facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I do my resting face, it's not bitchy. It's it's lined with, with history. Well, the, the other thing is, I mean, if we're not focusing on the external again, right. is that what I find is that as women get older, and this is a generalization. Of well, course, that's what we do here on the show. Th- that's, it's all generalizations. Yeah. But that as women get older, if they're not really stuck in a rut, that women, as they hit their 30s, 40s, become more curious, 
more open, more willing to explore things. I think that sexually, so, you mean, or just in general? Both, but certainly in general. Okay. Um, and I think that you know they've been so primed by society in their early days, right? To like get married, find someone, get security, da da da. Yeah. That women can be more unadventurous when they're younger, and as they get older, they open up and become more curious. Especially if they get like divorced. Le- especially if they get divorced, right. et cetera, and move on. Men kind of blow their wads when they're in their early 20s literally traveling and this and doing their little adventures and by the time most men get to be my age all they want to do is be near a nice bathroom oh that's that's a delightful image right and and men become very much creatures of habit yeah so i I think looks aside i think that as a a generalization that women tend to flower more as they get older and men tend to kind of become more and more and more habitual and and kind of creatures of, of, of patterns and habits. So I've I've tried very hard to fight against that in my Are own. Are you doing it? I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying. I always challenge myself with things I haven't done before. Well, at least you're still I direct. Do- you know what I mean? You're directing. We'll talk about your movies you're making. I think a lot of the directors, the, the ones that were making really edgy stuff, you know, the Coppola's, the Scorsese's, as they got older, they kind of lost their heart on, so to speak, and their work became a little softer in a way, right? They lost their zhuzh. Well, I also, I mean... I had I just had this discussion with a friend, a producer in L.A., who kind of fell into that sort of, you know, directors are better when they're younger and, and when they get older. But I think that's an American thing. Oh, interesting. I, I think when you look at European filmmakers, depending on who, like, but like if you look at a guy like Michael Haneke, I was just going to say that guy. started at 50 or 48. Oh, or did what, he really? Yeah, he made his first movie. Like, well, he's when got he was, a warped, fucked up mind. If you're oh, a distorted human being. Okay, then. but the thing is, the types of movies that he makes, right. the pacing that they're yeah. set at. yeah. They work within Sorry. that type of framework, you know. Um, I think it's that what we expect from American filmmakers, the kind of energy, the kind of stories, yeah. the kind of pacing. Yeah, it's a young man's or woman's yes. medium. That slipped right? out. Then you had to correct yourself there. Well, Be easy. Because I'm thinking about people and that. There were no women directing here I in know. the Scorsese, Coppola, yeah, whatever I know. generation. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, you literally can't think of one. Right, I mean, right. The, you know, unfortunately, until right now, when right. you're starting to have a few people come yeah. in, when you talk about directors, you know, the, the the one woman director that I can think of that knocked me out when I was uh, a little bit younger was, you know who Lena Wertmuller was? Yeah, uh, no. I know Lanny Riefenstahl. No, no. But not Le- Lena Wertmuller. No. She, she's in a, a brilliant, she had like this run of like four movies that was unbelievable. And then she kind of just, I don't know. What, what, d- but she, what should she, I watch? Well, she made a masterpiece called um well one's called pepe Lam- uh um, pepe Pew? pepe Lamoco, i think is it okay. might not but it, they're all with this guy called giancarlo janini she was italian even though she has a swedish last name she's the first woman to win an academy award as a director oh wow she made swept the original swept away okay which okay which is a very bitter kind of sex comedy right um, right and uh the, the movie I, i'm trying to remember the name of the movie it's about a, a small time italian pimp during world war ii and oh, it I is like it such already. A, it's, it's such a bitter comedy, and it has the the last twenty minutes are the most audacious thing anyone's put on film, which is a completely all out comedic scene set in a concentration camp. Oh wow! Okay, um, I do want. It. So what's it called again? Um, oh, okay, man. for those Seven at beauties. home, Seven Beauties. Seven Beauties. Seven okay. Beauties. All right, and, and it's a masterpiece. And she she Jewish. Because it's Lena hard to Vertmiller? make a comedy no, at a concentration so. camp so. if you don't have the cred. No, but it's about a. Ta- it's about. It's a metaphor for Italy essentially being Germany's small, small time bitch. pimp bitch yeah. during World War II. Okay. And this okay. character represents the sort of weak, venal 
pathetic, do anything to survive oh, side of Italy. Okay. It's a very self lacerating film about the Italian character. All right, all right I'll check it out. Um, can you get it on, a, on Netflix or something? Well, I don't know Netflix, but you can certainly get it on. I, I mean, you can rent it. You can get it on, on a Blu-ray? On a Blu-ray On a Betamax? Like that. Okay. But anyway, but she was a great woman filmmaker and of the 70s. And she just 70s. petered out? Petered out after like three, four really Maybe brilliant movies. Maybe she had kids movies. and became a mom. People yeah. have a hard time re- realizing that sometimes people want to leave everything and parent. I don't know. But she was a knockout. And, okay. And hopefully, hopefully, you know. She'll come back. More or others. Will, like whatever happened to that place. woman, um, also very striking, the woman who did, uh, what the fuck's her name? Who did Hurt Locker. Oh, Catherine Bigelow. What happened to her? She's still making movies. She just made that movie called Detroit last year. Oh, which year. did not do well. It didn't do well. Maybe it and wasn't a good movie. It had a strange point of view. Okay, interesting. Well, work. hopefully she'll do another one. She will. I'm, she I'm, will. I'm hoping. You know, I, I find, I love that women are doing action movies now, like Patty Jenkins. Um, you know, I like that. Uh, I think that there's a, a different perspective with women when it comes to action sequences. Uh, and I like that, um, I just want women to do, like, warped Kind of not the Michael Haneke, but get some really d- disturbing shit going. Well, you know there, what I mean? There, there are a few. I mean, this woman made a film called um, uh, "Man." See, I'm bad with names. I know yeah, yeah. Movies. Like woman. About that's all woman, I need to about know. About a woman who's into cannibalism and is eating her own body. Um, oh wow, that sounds and, fun. Yeah, and it's it's actually a pretty amazing film that came out last. So year. So if I Google cannibal film <laughs> woman director, I'm yeah, sure only one it, thing is going to come up. Came out last year. Okay, um, but why did this not get more press? Well, like, because it's a small dark little movie yeah. I mean I think the part that the part the thing that kind of depresses me on some level is how much create creative people have bought into the idea that you're validated by corporate um oh, like validation whatever yeah so like when a black director does the Black Panther everyone goes crazy right because they're working for Disney you know oh, or a woman director like that's does, success or a woman director does Wonder Woman right and everyone goes crazy ah like like that's a, and, and no, but that's I, not is, what I meant. You get what success, I'm saying. I do, but it is success of a certain type. Well, it is because people are trusting you with a lot of money, and that is, a, you know what I mean. As opposed to like, oh, women should not be handling a, a sixty million yeah, dollar so, action movie. But it has nothing to do with creativity. Of and, course, and individual not. voices. No, no, no. And, and to me, like you know, the difference between what Patty Jenkins did on Wonder Woman and, and then Monster, and what Ryan Coogler did on on on. Bright Black, Black Panther. Panther. It's the same thing. Right. I mean, okay. you could literally take any director of any gender. You could yes. take a dog and put them in there. Okay. And they would direct the movies in that exact way. No, you know? I think. But, you know, hopefully um, Patty Jenkins had her voice in other movies. And, yes. You know, and, and, and now and, it enables her to make other exactly. films. Exactly. Now so she can just be like, this is what I want to make a movie about cannibalism. Oh, here, take $100 million. That, that's just cast I, Jennifer Lawrence as the cannibal. I'm much more interested in, you know, when you hear or see, I mean, you know, unique voices that really have perspective. Yes, absolutely. I'd like to make films. And I feel like the problem is I don't have an excuse anymore because I could literally do one. Didn't that person make that Tangerine movie on an iPhone or something? They did. I can take, buy an iPhone 10 and make a movie. So you, I can't be like, I need to get No, equipment. you kind of can. I mean, I, I, the movie I just made, now it wasn't made on an iPhone 10, but I just financed my own movie. Out of your own pocket? Out of my own did pocket. Did you mortgage your house or did no, you just I, load I it? No, I luckily didn't have to. Okay. Because I took the money. I, 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 I kind of got a surprise present. Um, from a, like a, a, a deferred payment from a movie I made in about 2004. Oh, I love that. Came in. That's deferred, deferred. Deferred, deferred. The movie finally hit this number. What was it? It was this movie called Uptown Girls. Oh, boy. It sounds uh, With Brittany shady. Murphy and the, Dakota Fanning. Oh, boy. Boaz. Com- comedy. Was it funny? I don't think, I don't know, but it was made it enough money or was after it, 17 okay. years. Oh, wow. Is it like big in China? You know, sometimes those movies, like they, they bomb here, but they're no, big yeah, in Malaysia. You know lady, what I mean? Young, young, young girls like it. They love okay. the, the Dakota Is it a tweeny movie? Uh, it's kind of like a cute kind of 
older nanny takes care of a young girl you, kind of a movie. You baffle me. Um, I don't know if it's because you're still, you have a, uh, multiple voices or you're finding your voice, but the, the diversity of work you've done. So it's like you start out with, with Fresh, right, with Samuel Jackson, and it's a story about an African-American kid. It's kind of actiony, but it's kind of about, right, it's about a bunch of stuff. Then you do this movie you did with this marine dog or something like this. I watched the trailer. I sobbed like a fucking baby that watching recently, that movie. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. It was moving. But then you had the, the football movie. And now you're doing this. Tell me about the movie. So back it up and tell me how, what's the connection or what do you see as the through line? Maybe there is no through line. I don't know that there, I mean, the through line is that it's me. Right. Okay. Them. Do you feel um, like you're bringing a different part of yourself to each thing? Or I, I, I do. I, but I mean, I really think that for me, my career has been strange in the way that you're describing in that. A lot of the more quote-unquote independent personal movies that I've wanted to make mm-hmm. haven't gotten made. Okay. Right? They haven't gotten made. And so every once in a while after trying to make one of those films or a few or two or three, right, right, right. I'll go, fuck, I got to get a job. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So you put yourself out there to get a job mm-hmm. and it's Remember the Titans or it's Uptown Girls or, okay. it's, or it's the dog movie, right? Which looked like a beautiful movie. Well, I mean, it, but but it's... You're bringing. It's your, not your soul coming. Yeah, you're this. bringing your soul, your your skills, I should say, to bear. You're being a professional. You're like directing traffic. No, because okay. you have to put your, okay. your emotions into it and care about okay. it. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, direct for me, directing action sequences is like directing right, traffic. Right. 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 But I mean, you, when you're directing actors and a story, you have to put yourself into it in some way. But you put yourself into it as a professional. Did you develop the script in these cases? Yeah, I always you do. work okay. on the script okay. or whatever. But it's definitely something that if you ask me, would you rather make this? Or would you rather make this $2 million right, independent that film that takes place made? under I, a bed? I would be doing that. Right. But the okay. thing is, it's as hard to raise a million and a half or $2 as million, $20 million as it is to it's raise... It's a lot harder to make your money on a million dollar movie, and, and, right? Yeah. But so if you looked at the scripts that I've written that haven't gotten made and the independent films that I've made that have, you see a much more consistent creative person than when you start factoring in movies like Max and Remember the okay. Titans and Uptown okay. Girls. You know, and I so I, th- I couldn't see that movie and go. This is a Boaz Yakin movie. Well, that, like there's no distinct voice there. Do you I, think? I don't know. I mean, that's for other people to decide. Okay. I, I, you know, um, I, I it's been weird, and I know that it's affected my career in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. people don't know how to pigeonhole ca- you. Pigeonhole but that's okay. You're able to make some me. of the movies you want to make. Yeah. You know. You know where it kind. Of, you know where it kind of bites you in the ass as a professional, is that when you just need to get a job. Like they don't know if you're the man for it. They don't think you're the man for it. Like right, right. now, like I can write any genre. Okay. Right? Um, and I've made money writing, and I've written things that have become franchises. Like, like now what? you see me, or, or oh, that's or, with the magicians or yeah, something. Like you wrote that. Yeah, my friend Ed and I came up with it. And oh, it became, that's fucking right? awesome. And you probably made bank on that, huh? We made some bank on yeah, it. Yeah, that's nice. But you know that lasts you a few years. Oh, because you have a lavish and, lifestyle, apparently. No, I, mean, I actually don't have a lavish. You're Spartan. Life. I no, I just spend all my money on independent on your movies. On my movies, I love and that. Then but I'm that's not left best. with any you know, much money. That's I've, great. I have enough to keep an, yeah. a decent you don't apartment have kids. over my head. I don't so have you kids. don't have to worry about that. I'm not married. I okay. Just, Do you have you a know. girlfriend that like, likes nice things or no? No, I haven't been on a date in three years. We'll talk um, about that. Okay. Um, three years. Two two years and eight months. Oh, well, you really argue? You got lines on the wall? What no, do you like? Okay. No, but you start thinking about it. You start counting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Does that mean you've been celibate this whole time? No. Okay. So you. Oh, you have? More or less. Okay. I don't know what more or less celibate... Okay. No, but yes. Okay. Okay. That means I've gotten into one or two situations that did not involve 
intercourse. Okay. But I okay. don't know if you call it celibacy. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with another human involved. With another human involved. Okay. Well, there was wasn't just, being paid. If it was just me, I. I then you wouldn't call it. That's just then Tuesday. I would certainly not call right. it. Right. Okay. I'd call okay. It. But that, there's something creative about being celibate for an extended period of time. I guess so. I mean, that's what people should tell themselves. They don't go insane. Yeah. Tell me about boarding school. Uh oh. This is it, right? This is the one that's coming boarding out. Boarding school's coming out on August 29th. Okay. Um, and it is kind of a horror film. It slides between genres. Uh, What's the other genre? Well, it's just kind of it, buddy it's a, comedy. No, it's a it's a horror film in the in the in the in the way that David Lynch's Blue Velvet is a horror mm, film. It's a thriller. Charles Lawton's Night of the Hunter. It's kind of a surreal or, or slightly extra real uh, drama thriller with horror elements. Okay, um, like horror was like slow camera move behind the door. Like what's behind the door? Um, it's about a eleven year old Jewish kid. Okay, um, growing up in New York in the nineties with his crazy mom and his stepdad, mm-hmm. and um, he's sort of it's not a ghost story, but he's visited by his grandmother's spirit in some way, uh, okay. and 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 learns the next morning that that she died, and he's never been allowed to meet her by his mother. And um, also learns through someone else that she was a Holocaust survivor and did something probably pretty terrifying to survive the Holocaust. Okay. And he starts, his, his mom is, gets all of her stuff to get rid of, and he becomes a bit obsessed with her clothes and things, and he kind of gets busted, full-on drag, dancing in front of a mirror to his grandma's tango records wearing her dress. Wow. And he gets sent off to this bizarre boarding school in the middle of nowhere with these other freaky kids. And the stories about what happens at that boarding school and, and why he was sent there and everything. Um, and, and you wrote this. I wrote and directed it. What on earth inspired you? Like, where did that, where the idea come about as well, your next thing to put in the world? Lots of different elements. But, um, you know, it's a movie about owning the things that you think make you weak and that you want to push away. But they're the things that if you embrace them really make you stronger. So, like, your femininity or as a man or whatever. Right, Your right, sense right. of the, the feminine in yourself. Yes, um, the uh, your ancestry, your, your ethnicity, your ancestry. Right. You know, I grew up half like half Ashkenazic and half Sephardic mm-hmm. Jewish. Okay, and like a Sephardic, like North African or Sephardic, like uh, where Syria and Egypt. Okay, um, but my mother's family was Polish, you know, mm-hmm. and they were all killed in the Holocaust. The only reason my mom and her parents lived because they were in Palestine, pre-Israel Palestine at the time. And I always grew up with this tremendous sense of shame about my Ashkenazic side of the family, like that they were these pathetic losers that allowed themselves to get Sheep's exterminated. Sheep's the slaughter, right. Yeah, and, as, you know, and I know that's absurd as an adult. It's absurd. But as a kid, you want your ancestry to be kick-ass. You know right, what I right, mean? Right, and right, right. That led the, 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 the ghetto uprising. Yeah. So, so, so you're, you grow up in a way with, when you're not an Israeli, when you're a Jew in, in the Exodus or whatever they call right. it, Galut, whatever. The diaspora. They, the diaspora, exactly. Um, you grow up with a certain sense of shame, a sense of like victimhood and all that. Hmm. So I really wanted to take that, this, wrap it up with that femininity and, and, and kind right. of say, no, these are the things that when you embrace them and take them in and express them are the things that allow you to survive. So that's what this movie is about. So what made you um, try to get that message across through a horror film versus just a drama? I, you know what? I, I do like to play with genres. Okay. I've always wanted to Good make a, a horror film, and it felt like the right the right way to go about and were you, it. Are you happy with it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a quirky, strange, kinky little movie. I love it. And, uh, I love it. Yeah. And, 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 I, and is it getting a wide release? Um, it's getting a small, very small theatrical release, but it's it's going wide. Like, you can stream it on iTunes and all that okay, stuff. Okay, cool. And that's coming out, yeah. And that's I, exciting. And it led to this, this thing I was telling you about, which is actually the most, when you talk about, like, not resting on your laurels yes, or whatever. Yes, yes. 
the most experimental and interesting thing I've ever done. And you financed this. So tell me about this other project because you were off air when you told me about it. Well, this thing's called Aviva. Okay. And in some way, it's very straightforward in the sense that it's it's a a pretty straight. It, it's a narrative about very much based on my own experience with mm-hmm. my ex-wife, who's now my best friend. Right. About a couple that meet and get involved and get married, and their marriage falls apart, and they end up as best friends. But the thesis of it is that we are all that we all contain a feminine and masculine side okay. within us, and that often when we're not getting along with our partner. It's really our own self that we're not getting along with. Of so what I've done is I've cast both a man and a woman in each of the two main roles. Ooh, I love that. So, so it's scripted. Yeah. So four people play two people. That's great. And sometimes the two men are together. Sometimes the two women are oh, together. Oh, that's fantastic. And then at a certain point, all four of them are together, and they interact like a foursome. This sounds like a play. Have you thought about doing it as a play, too? Well, well I did it as a movie, and um, and like I said, it, it's also a dance movie. Wow. In that there's all c- these contemporary dances. But are the dancers movie. the actors? The dancers are the actors. Because dancers are usually not great actors. In this case, They're that good? was part of the challenge. Okay. Because um, I know I've seen dance modern dance performances where they have dialogue, like Pina Bausch and stuff, and I'm like, these guys need some acting lessons. Well, here's the trade-off in the movie. And by the way, at the the movie is very fourth wall breaking. It's kind of like Annie Hall via like right. via, via Lars von Trier okay. and, and 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 Ohad Nahreen. Right, and, right. Ohad Nahreen, for those that don't know, is a, a very famous Israeli choreographer. Had a company called Batsheba. Exactly. And um, no, the the dancers. It was a challenge to find dancers who could act, and they could. The ones we found could. Okay. What you. Well, the film's also highly sexual. Like, there's, I mean, it's really... You have a lot of sex scenes in it? A lot of sex scenes in it, because they are the scenes where you get to see how these characters either relate properly or don't relate properly as well. Okay. So sometimes, you know, the man of the me- of the woman will be having sex with the woman of the man. and it's, Oh, this it's, is great. Now, do you... I have a weird question to ask you. When you're doing these sex scenes, um, it's what's called a closed set... So it's just you and the camera person? Sometimes I wasn't on the set, just the camera person and the Okay, because they felt uncomfortable? Yeah, they were like, yeah, so sometimes I would, like, t- we would talk about what we were doing. You'd choreograph it? And you'd I literally give st- them, how much detail would you give them on the physicality? Would, well, we would talk it through. Like you mount her and you grind her four times and you flip her over kind of thing? Not to that degree of specificity, but yeah, this part, you're more in charge and she's giving in. And then at this point of the dialogue, you guys shift and then she gets uncomfortable and moves away. So you, you give it space for them to, for okay. them to, you know, but you are talking about the beats of the scene. And do you were they wearing coverage on their genitals? Yeah, for the most part. Um, one of the couples was actually married couple. Oh, that's good. That probably uh, helped. And so that helped in that case. But it was highly, high, that's yes, hard. It, I mean, it, it's cha- I mean, because they don't can't feel sexual. They can't get turned on in the middle. But it has no. to be convincing enough that they are turned on. No, I mean, yes, it's. I found it challenging. I, I, I didn't. I'd be embarrassed. It's I mean, a bit embarrassing. It's yes. a bit. You know, the set Intrusive. has to be closed. Everyone's tiptoeing around. And I'm sure, like I said, they don't feel, it's not, you know, even porn actors, but like, I know, what's that director, the Lars von Trier, that they actually fucked or something with that Shia LaBeouf guy? Yeah, um, they, they, they used pornographic actors for the inserts. In oh, the, did they? For yeah. the actual penetration? Yeah. I see that. I didn't know. See, that wasn't in the press part. That wasn't in the article. But it seems to me, I've seen a lot of sex scenes, like Game of Thrones, I get turned on when I watch it. No, it's true, though, but I haven't seen most sex scenes. I'm like, I can feel it's choreographed because the shots are supposed to be all central. Like, there's the arching back no, and there's th- the butt cheek. This movie has real... Real sex, long, real people, real, real sex. Real long sex scenes. Like a female gaze, you know? It, well, it's my gaze, so I don't know. Well, but, good. Yeah. No, but I'm saying you're not overly um, uh, choreographing the shots. Like, you, you give it space in terms of wide shot and, like, you're yeah, seeing them. Yeah, and... It, 
the, the sex scenes are long, much longer than in traditional American movies. Okay. Much longer. They're much more well, like, like 25 a, minutes? Like, no. Like what is that? Blue is the warmest color? Yeah, they, well, that had like a 10-minute sex scene. Yeah, that's, that was long. Long. But no, these will be two minutes sometimes. Okay. I mean, two minutes, two minutes or one minute and a half or whatever. And anyway, but, but, but the point is that because they weren't, you know, you can't get American actors to do those kinds of scenes. Well, because their agent's going to be like, never going to happen? Yeah, or they won't. They just won't okay. do those things. So having dancers that haven't acted a ton before and so on. They're like, I guess this is the norm. <laughs> nah, I, it was the discussion. Okay. But they were more open physically. A lot of them well, are in shows like bodies. Sleep No yeah. More where they have right. to be naked, naked in front of yeah. actual people who of are in course. front of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so you have people who are more comfortable with their physicality. It's not they weren't shy at all. Dancers, I mean, they also have amazing bodies. Like, they're not worried about like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to look like. They're, they're like every... You they know. are worried about it. Are they? Of course they're worried oh, about interesting. it. Everyone's vain and nervous uh, and all I guess that kind so. of. Here I'm you, thinking they're just I don't like piece. the way my ass looks from this angle. Can you not shoot it? Even that these way? dancers, uh, yeah, they're a, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Um, but, but their emotional availability and willingness to do things right. that like, you know. It's like first timers. Like to have, a, to have a straight actor do a homosexual sex scene full on. Full on. Without shying away from it. Right. Without, you can't get American actors to do that. You kind think of it's stuff. a nationality thing? Yeah, I think if, once you move out into Europe and stuff like that, people just are more the less open. puritanical. Yeah, like hang up. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, so what these guys were willing to do, but not just in the sex scenes, but just in that type of environment, right? You know, was so much more uh, open. And and what we lost by having people who like you know haven't practiced doing long monologues or whatever. Yeah, it's was a lot minimal. of work. You see, it, yeah, it, you know, we did. There were a in few, the edit. You got to deal with it in the edit. There were a few moments that hit us yeah. here and there. Yeah. But what we gained in terms of openness mm-hmm. and rawness and the willingness to go places amazing. was great. Amazing, so I'm very amazing. proud of that. That's amazing. So would you, when you're watching the set, did you watch it on a monitor out, like outside the yeah, area? Yeah, I have this little seven-inch monitor that I hold and okay. outside the room, okay. call a cut. People cover up. You come back in. Were they and ever say, getting like annoyed with you? Like we don't want to do it again. Like you got no, what you needed. No, no, no. So they're very low maintenance. No, it was no, and also I didn't do it a hundred times. Yeah. I mean, we would do it as many times. Sorry, as the clip just yeah. Oh, that's me again yeah, leaning on the table. Okay. Uh, we would do it as many times as we felt it needed. That's I was. Ama- always, How long did it take you to shoot? Well, we've still doing a few things, but it, we shot about forty-five days. That's a long shoot, isn't it? Yeah, because we had these big complex dance numbers. Wow. Um, that's, but, a, that's exciting. Yeah, and you financed this yourself. I did. So what is that, like a million-dollar movie? No, a lot less. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, but it was still like— Out of your pocket. It's still, it's still my life savings, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's amazing. Yeah. So, wow. And You're you know, very look, prolific. That's, that's the thing with, with independent film. It's like we were saying, it's as hard to raise your million dollars as it is to raise your $20 million. And who produced it for you? Well, I—, I found this amazing young guy called Carlos Ozaya who okay. had done a couple of small things and he came in and, and we did it together. He was passionate about it. Yeah, we did it together. That's just, this sounds like it's going to be a big deal. I don't know. We'll see. And I do think you should make it into a play. Well. Because nothing more exciting. You know what I mean? Modern dance live to me is much more captivating than, than obviously on film. Yeah, and then you have different. the combination of that with the staging and with these four act. It's a four-hander. It sounds like it would be, just do it. Well, Call I, Bam up. I got, just get it done. First, I got to finish the movie, okay. which will be in December. Who's Dece- doing the music? Well, actually, the songs that this dances are set to um, are songs from an Israeli artist who uh, is also pretty big in Europe. His name is Asaf Avidan. Okay, I've heard of him. Yeah, uh, and he's he gave us the the bed tracks for the dances. I don't know who's doing the score, but he's doing all the he gave us the all music. the music for all the dances. Oh, that's yeah. very exciting. And he's awesome. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about your celibacy and your Uh-oh. lack of dating. Um, have you, I mean, is it, so you were married for how long? 
well, officially we were married for about 10 years, but we, we had separated before that. We stayed were married. Were you the on and off again? Oh, no, you separated, but you were still married we for stayed, tax and, purposes. Yeah, and we didn't rush into getting a divorce okay. right away. And now you're yeah. very you're best friends. Absolutely best friends. Amazing. She's like, actually, even, she's probably my sister at this point. We're like family. Okay, and she has a, boy, a boyfriend? She does, who's a stand-up comedian. Who's a stand-up comic, delightful. Um, and are they getting married? Uh, you'd have to ask them. You don't talk to the, her about that. Uh, we do, but I don't want to. You don't start, want to just disclose uh, it. Okay, my, the invites not have not been sent to, out. Okay, not my place. to Understood. Talk about I like that. That's what respectful. Doing and, no, I like yeah. that. And um, what was I going to ask you though? So, are you too busy to date, or you can't be bothered? Because I feel I go through phases, right? I also have many children that I'm dealing with, but dating is ex- how other, many kids do that? Well, I don't. I keep. I don't keep count at this point anymore. But you know, I'm a professional surrogate, so I I, I have kids as a result of my work okay. um, that I keep. But I find that, you know, being with another human is exhausting and requires a lot of work. We're not 20 years old anymore frolicking in Malibu. So at some point, you're like, I'm used to being alone. I can entertain myself. Do I really have the fucking energy to put into a partnership? And I find, and then I get upset. I'm like, well, I should have the energy because the payoff is great, but then I get lazy again. Is that, do you find that with yourself? Or are you just kind of overwhelmed with work? Or what is, what is your excuse? <sighs> I think it's too complicated and problematic of a discussion to have in this kind of a forum. Oh, is it? Is it too personal? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty open person. Okay. But, Why uh, don't you just tell me about your childhood trauma or anything? <laughs> I'm just saying, but, do you find uh, yourself wanting it and not having the energy to do it? I don't or know you if don't it's even a matter of right not now. having energy. I think it's a matter of confusion about, like... What you're looking for. Or even in myself, like, yeah. am I a person that can be in a relationship? Right, right. Do I, do I, you know, how am I in this situation... Like, how comfortable am I with myself? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, at a, you know, I think when you're younger, or maybe I shouldn't say that, but it's for me, when I was younger, I guess because you just want to be in a relate, like, you just kind of go, fuck it, I'm going to try and do this. Right. And then you keep getting into these messed up situations because you're messed up. And, and, and you're attracting you, the other messed but up But you person. just want, well, I don't know if they're messed up. I, I feel like I've messed up most of my relationships. Okay. Um, well, that's a b- beautiful thing to acknowledge. Um, I don't think it's true, probably. Uh, it takes two to tango, yeah, but I, I, certainly ha- I certainly haven't been in a... But now I think there's just, I'm in this place of like, ah, I don't really know how this works. Right. It's confusing. Well, in this day and age, I don't think a lot of people know how I, it works. I don't know how it works. I'm not sure what I'm doing in this. I'm not sure how to do this. And I just kind of let it go. And it is a little dr- dangerous, I think. The longer you let it go. It's a muscle. The more you become this person who doesn't understand how it works anymore. Right, right, And right. at this point, I genuinely feel like, oh, I don't know how this works anymore. Yeah. And I'm surrounded by people who are in relationships and do these things, and I'm just like, I don't understand. But you also don't know what goes on behind. behind. I know a lot of people that are in highly dysfunctional relationships. They just accept it as such. Um, and other people that are also, like, I think in New York City was where you live, right? A lot of people are alone, right? There are a lot of independent souls. It, it's, it's weird. I, I split my time between L.A. and New York. and um, Well, it's kind of the similar situation, In L.A., I not? meet a lot more people, and I, I feel like I have a much more active social life. I feel like in New York, I literally meet no one Oh, ever. see, that's interesting, because people always say that, that different to me, that in L.A., everybody's in their car all day or in their house. You have the exact opposite experience. I have the exact opposite experience. Oh, I find in L.A., I have more friends there, and they're always doing something for the evening and there's other people coming oh, wow. and this and that and it's not like I have some crazy social but I do right. meet people there right right whereas here it's just me and Netflix like yeah which is also day, a delightful company five days a week binge watch Black Mirror yeah um, which has gone downhill in my mind um, that's interesting I th- you know what I do think it's it's what 
what places bring out in you. Yeah, that's true. And I true. think that if you want to be a loner in L.A., it's very easy to be a loner and miserable and just have a mirror to yourself because everybody's like, you know, there and striving in the industry, so to speak. And in New York, you meet, I'm, you know, even on the subway, I feel like being here now for medical month, it's like I am surrounded by humans all the time. And there's something very, like, your humanity's in your face. Well, that, that's true. But I think I think what that does in a weird way is it that, It isolates like, you? Well, no, I, yes, but I think it makes, like, in New York, even just taking a walk for an hour... Is draining. Is draining. And then you're like, okay, I'm just going to go home. Right. And watch Netflix. Right, right. And you don't feel so horrible about it. Right. Whereas when you're in L.A., and if you don't have a plan with someone for a day... You're going to go insane. And you're not working... Yeah. You go insane. You're like, my life is meaningless. I should, yeah. I should no, die. No, I mean, I had a hard time. I spent some time in Los Angeles with clients, and I felt very lonely and isolated there. And there are good people there because people don't have a lot of family there, so your friends are your family, I guess. But yeah. it's everybody's in their homes. I, I knew a lot of people there with families and such. Um, and it's it's kind of a production to do something there. you got to get in your car, and you got to go, and it's, you know what I mean? And I didn't feel like there was any source of spontaneity in life there. Mm. There's no random encounters. Mm, that's it true. all is is premeditated um, and in homes, and it's like you're in a bubble, and that could be nice. But I prefer that kind of edge of like, what's who am I going to hit this morning? But you might be a, a more socially. Yeah, maybe you're just like I'm. Yeah. Much I'm not a very like curmudgeon or no, I'm not okay. a curmudgeon, but I'm I, I hate to use the word shy, and I don't. It, it's a both shyness and aloofness. Okay, and so I don't a snob. Well, it's not. Maybe I'm a snob. Okay. I just don't make friends easily. Right. Right. And right. and I don't get into conversations easily. And I'm self conscious. Okay. I don't just like st- like if I'm standing next to someone at a bar, I don't just start talking to them. I'd, I'd feel weird. You know. Yeah. I, I just unless I'm soliciting a client. Uh, yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So uh, I um yeah man, LA's a little. Where easier do you for find me. yourself more creatively creative inspired? Probably here. Okay. See, Pro- that says a lot, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, probably in New York. I you feel just, like in L.A., you're like, the drone, the relentless sunshine, yeah. the lack of cyclical seasonings over there is just mind-numbing. It's true enough. Right? You yeah. wake up, you're like, today's exactly like yesterday, and Absolutely. tomorrow's going to be exactly the fucking same. But I'm at a point in my life where, like, I'm just looking at, like, I mean, I really just want to— You just want the bathroom. I want to retire to Hawaii. Really? Like, that's Hawaii? My, that's my dream. I think they're having a hurricane this uh, They week. are. At, uh, like, my friends are Hawaiians. hunkering down there. Um, but uh, they had on the Big Island they had a volcano and this hurricane this year. Those poor guys, man. Nature will be like, "Fuck you! You think you can control and jog and do Soul Cycle? We're gonna throw lava on Once your face." All, yeah, but that's my dream, man, is to find a place in Hawaii, not right there, but like maybe in six years. Okay, and like retire. That's a good retirement age. Yeah, already re- right. Retire. Kicking it fifty nine. Yeah, something like okay. that. Okay, yeah. okay. Then you'll go through a midlife crisis. Midlife. Right? I'm not going to make it to 120. You don't know that. I went through my middle. Yeah, you did. Crisis, like when you were like 38, like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's funny. Did you buy like a sports car and fuck 20 year olds, or what happened during your midlife? Pretty I much. Didn't buy the sports car. Fuck the 20. Okay, good. But, well, at least but, uh, you check check that box yeah, off. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I have found I'm at a weird place in my life where young men don't appeal to me, um, and older men creep me out. And it's and the the middle aged men. See, it's interesting. Younger men have taken a liking to me because they're not in their midlife crisis and they like a woman with wisdom. But the men in their 40s need the younger woman to validate themselves because they're getting, they're feeling crusty. So, you know what I mean? They're not looking for a counterpart. They're looking for someone to make them feel young again. Okay. Um, I can and the that. guys in their, in their 50s and 60s are just tired. You know, unless they're like Russian oligarchs, those guys are always fun. Um, but it's a weird place to be because, yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's, but it's I, I, have the same, I have the same feeling. Actually. With women? Yeah, where like at this point, really young women. Right. They are, bore you. I don't know if they bore I, I don't feel like they 
they I don't feel like I would wish myself on them. Oh, that's okay. Okay. That's and and I also I mean it's not like you're not attracted to young women. Right. But I just don't identify with them anymore. Yeah, there's nothing They're to just relate so, to. There's yes. nothing to relate to. They look nice, but there's nothing to relate yes. to. You're gonna click I wouldn't my wish, table again. I, I wouldn't wish myself on them and, okay. and that, you know. Yeah. And women actually my age Right. Like divorced woman who has like two kids or right. in college or right, whatever. Right, right, right. I'm kinda not into it. You're not. Okay. I, I'm not into it. Okay. I just I, I you know, it's like I mean, a woman can be attractive, and yeah. not, I'm just—it's not a, me- a head, a mental space. What is it? Because you feel like you want to build a life with someone? Maybe on some level, even though I'm not ready to. So I'm basically not doing anything. That's tough. You got maybe you got to open. I get the young woman thing, but the woman with the kids in college—it's no. not like you have to raise a four-year-old toddler. No, um, you I'm know just, what I mean? It's not about the kids. It's about. Just where what, she's at in life. Where she's at. She's right? like, yeah. I did it. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. Ready to have some fun and, and Let's go, go to, on some vacations. Right. And, and you do don't some... want that. You don't ah, want fun. Not, not. You want tortured. I don't know. Not in that quite in that way. Basically, okay. I guess what I want is to be alone. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't. You know what? Fine. Be in that position. Or maybe so. you need like a, a 35 year old <laughs> woman who doesn't want kids, who's not 20. You can relate to her, but she, you know, she doesn't. Um, she doesn't want to have that much fun. She wants to have like medium, medium level of fun. Medium level. Fun. And she's tortured. And she wants to fix someone. So you got to find the fixers, like the Michael Cohen, you know, but, in a female version. Um, find a fixer <laughs> to fix you. And then, you know, you guys could last probably a few months. A few months. Right? A year or two. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look. Yeah. I Who don't knows? know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe me and um, X videos will just have a relationship. X videos. You know, whatever website it is. Oh, we'll trip, oh a, like a porn site? <laughs> Pornhub? We'll just have an, yeah. our own personal little relationship. You can make a movie about that. Yeah, that sounds like an interesting character. It does make it easier not to have a relationship. It does, doesn't it? it? Except does. with yourself, which is the, you know yeah. the mind. What's what's that? I love I love listening to. Um, do you know Pema Chodron? No. Pema Chodron or Chodron? I don't know how you pronounce it. She's a um, she's a Buddhist monk. She's American, but she adapted a, I guess a Tibetan name or Rumi's name. She's like a master of mindfulness and meditation. She's 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 aging now. I mean, she's old. Listen to her videos, and she's inspiring. She's a, okay. a beautiful thinker. She's written many books. What, what's her last name? Chodron, uh, C-H-O-D-R-O-N. Oh, okay. And cool. I do a lot of meditating, just trying to calm down. I don't take medication for anything, so I like to calm down. You know, if I have anxiety, I just meditate. Cool. So Pema Chodron's amazing. She had a book called, it's just about dealing with the hard times and, you know, being in the now, but without, like, annoying shit like the power of now. But my point was that she said... Sometimes you, your mind is like a neighborhood you don't want to get stuck in after dark. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's a dark place that mm. you don't want to be in. And how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's good to take time when you're alone to to dig deep and go dark. You know, not dark, dark. We don't want to go Anthony Bourdain dark. You know what I mean? But dark enough that you can hang out in that neighborhood and not be scared. But you mm-hmm. don't strike me as someone who avoids darkness. You no. stay in it. No, I have. I don't feel dark, very dark right now. Good. I feel... You know, I feel pretty light and pretty open and, and, and connected. I had many dark years. Um, right. I don't feel that way at all. Okay. Um, I feel actually very very positive and very open and, and very connected. Do you think because you vented the darkness out in your Holocaust movies? Well, I just think I went through 20 years of, and you're like, of okay, depression. I'm and done. And I somehow got through it. That's amazing. Um, Did you ever take any meds? N- I, no. I mean, I, I took minimal meds that i hated and stopped, didn't work for you stop taking okay them. i could never i could never say i was on them i mean right, like three right. days of something and you're and like going, it's ah, not ah, working ah, stop. stop right yeah, right, I feel right. Ter- i'm drooling i hate yeah, it yeah <laughs> um literally that's like an anti-psychotic would that uh, drool? was like no nah, man does prozac was, make you drool not prozac but the other one that's a big one i, I forget lexapro what it, something like that and i heard man, that affects your libido i was like drooling and couldn't, couldn't say the letter m 
Oh, that's really a I was like festive going, I was handicap. going like instead you were of like literally, wow. after four days, and I was like, this is going to stop it does now. does not sound. So the no, drug companies don't want you as their poster child. No. Um, but uh, no, I found other ways to get through it after a long Porn time. Pornhub, right. Um, and now I'm me and Pornhub. <laughs> now, now me and Pornhub are buddies. <laughs> Took me through the hard times. I think this, uh, you know, I think that, um, uh, I've said this before, but... Um, you know, we're addicted to happiness in our country, and mm. I think that people have a very hard time when they're not happy and they freak out mm-hmm. and try and fix it. And then you're like, no, you got to accept, as Pema says, you got to accept accept how you feel, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's okay. Um, I'm inspired by, you know, most of Eastern Europe. They're just a miserable bunch. Um, but they're like, this is life. Life, yeah, life look, is hard. Life sucks. Look, like, get over it. But the thing is, it, it, things have two sides. I mean, like, I'm, I'm lonely a lot. Right. But sometimes I come into that apartment, and you're so happy. To and the alone. lights in through coming in through the window. Right, that's everything's great. exactly the way I left it. You're such a man. There's nobody there to have to talk to, talk to, or, or respond to, right. or feel guilty if I turn on the TV at two in the right. afternoon, or I didn't know where I was last night, or, or whatever right. it is. Yeah. You yeah. know, where like you don't answer to anyone in any way. And there's a beautiful freedom to that. That's a beautiful sense of of freedom yes. of of open solitude. solitude. You know, even sometimes having a dog can be like, oh, Jesus, I have, I have to, to take walk the fucking, fucking out, dog. Take shit. Right. Yeah, you know, and there's, even if, it's, even if it's not that, even if the dog just comes running up to you to lick you, it can be lovely. Right. But it's this other being that you have to wow, interface really with. Yeah, this is getting, this, okay. You, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and yeah. sometimes, man, just walking into that door and knowing that it's nothing it's but all you, you, yourself, you. I feel and that. the air. Yeah, I feel is, that. Is when I leave so my pleasant. kids for a while, it, I love that. There's that time. <laughs> you miss the kids because they're like phantom limbs. But it's um, it's constant. You are needed constantly. You have to be present in a certain way. And yeah. sometimes you don't want to be needed. Sometimes you do or sometimes you need. So obviously there's that price you pay when you need and nobody's there to give you a hug. But I've never been a needer. You know what I mean? I feel like maybe because I, I, you know, had so, so much fucked up stuff when I was younger that I've learned not to need. And maybe I'm not a good giver because of that. I don't know. You mm. know what I mean? If you're not a good needer, maybe you're not a good giver. Mm. Um, but the people, the partners I was with, were with. Wow, my English just declined within seconds there. Partners I was with. No, was with, right? Partners I was with. Who? What did I say before? Who I were with? I were wow, with. Wow, I don't know what that was. <laughs> partners I were with. Um we're very giving, but also very needy, and I found that such a turn off. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is not for me. It's like when I, I've been to therapy many over the. I love therapy. Been all kinds of therapy. I never liked the therapists that were compassionate and just looked at me lovingly and nodded. I'm like, I don't need that from you. Just give mm. me a fucking tool. Mm. You know what I mean to make me feel better. I don't need the. Oh yeah, that must be hard. That must be. It must be no, tough y- for yeah, you. Yeah, you can get that from a friend. Yeah, but I just, I don't, it made, it, it, came to, it suffocated me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know how to be loved. Maybe that's, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, maybe that's what that is. Um, wow, this is getting really, I didn't expect yeah. me to be on the, <laughs> at the table here. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, life life is short, and I think that these days uh, it's okay to, just like there's gig economy, there's gig relationships. Yeah. People know what they you kind of if you know what you want. There's somebody out there that can give it to you. If you just want an activity partner, these days, these days, literally everyone I talk to about this whips out their iPhones and, and starts like, telling me which apps I should go on. Right. Exactly. Well, there's like 90 million people and, at your fingertips. And they go literally everyone I know who dates right dates only online now. 
Yeah, well, of course. I don't. Yeah. Of course. I, for me, this is a bizarre thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, listen, I'm going to show you the best one. Da, da, da. I'm like, I don't no, think that I, there's I, a best I one. Can't. I'm on all of them. You right? know? <laughs> yeah, I am. I, any advice? I did a whole episode on dating apps. Sick. I literally, you have to listen to it. I break it all down for you. Well, I haven't done it. There's I've never, OkCupid, Bumble, Hinge, I've never squirt. internet dated. Okay. Uh, I've never been on one internet date. Okay. Um, Ladies, and- Boaz Yakin. We're going to open a profile <laughs> for him and you look him up. But um, but yeah, but I think that's how a lot of people break the ice for themselves these days. So. I think you're a very eligible bachelor, well, even though I hate that name because it sounds I'm like old and tired. I don't think up. you're old and you don't look tired. I don't think a lot of people can direct two movies in the span of a year. The very heavy duty movies. You're not making webisodes about a laundromat. No, you know what I that, mean. That I'm not doing. So you're prolific. You're creative. I think you're obviously well, intelligent. You. Um, you're Jewish. That's always a perk. Is it? I think so. And um, you look <laughs> like someone who know. reads. <laughs> Who's eloquent? I used, and to, I used to read until the internet. I'm loving the beard. Until I think the, the beard internet you. ruined my ability your, your to focus. Yeah. I know, I know. But um, so I think you'll, if you want it, you will not have a problem finding it. But you're right; you have to tune in on who you are. Well, thank first. you. First, so and you know, I'm hoping that maybe we can avoid the online thing for you, and you can find someone through this. Thank you. You know what I mean? We'll see. Okay. Well, I um, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Boaz Yakin. Um, when is your when are your movies coming out? Uh. Uh, boarding School comes out August 29th. Okay. And who knows when the other one comes out. Oh, uh, the Aviva one? Yeah. Are that, you editing it? I'm going to edit it with a wonderful editor called Holly Singer. Holly, there's a plug for Holly Singer for plug all your for editing Holly needs. Singer, exactly. So stay tuned for Boarding School and Aviva, and you can rent um, Max, right? Yeah, you can, on rent, iTunes. you can rent all those things. You can rent all of Bo- rent all of Boaz's movies. Okay, make keep him relevant. <laughs> okay, you. as he enters old age, <laughs> and um, and stay tuned. Um, you know, maybe I'll tack on the dating app to this app. So stay tuned for my dating episode about when I break down all the um the online apps. We'll, we'll put that coming up. This is Raylan Casper White signing off. Mm-hmm.